powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Welcome back, everyone, to Game Over Toronto. Harnish and Fouad here with you live to cover this um, absolute shit show of a lot. Yeah. yeah. What the hell did I just watch? Right. Well, I, I'll tell you what you just watched. Yeah. You watched a team that looked that just ran the Boston Marathon. That's how they looked. They were absolutely like they were lethargic. They were playing in sand out there. Like I felt tired watching them. It All was right. disgusting. And, and like they, I, I get it's the second half of the back to back, but come on, give us a yeah. little more, right? It was it was disappointing. Hey. But before hey, before we get really into the weeds of it, let's let's give a shout out to our, our sponsor, and then we have a great guest here too lined up today. So that's at least we have something to look forward to after this yes. uh, this shit yes, loss. But uh, <laughs> yeah, let's give a shout out to Sports Interaction. Think you know what way it'll go? Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live and play are on our, one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com sdpn. 19 and older, and please play responsibly. All right. So, uh, yay. Game wasn't great, but the stream is going to be great, all right? Because we got ourselves a great guest, all right? Oh. Our guest is from tsn.ca. He uh -huh. is a god of hockey Twitter. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, give it up for Travis Yost. You guys keep – it's like four times you talked about a great guest. I'm like, who's coming on after me? I have no idea. <laughs> oh, come on. You know, listen, we're we're all – we we just – we're really happy again. You, you sat through that game, and then you came and talked to us. You know, so I'll, you're really doing us a favor here. I'll yeah, tell this you, is a therapy no, lesson at this point. <laughs> I was gonna say, I was gonna say, you guys do me a favor because I love you guys. But um, I have to admit that, in retrospect, when you guys said, "Hey, we've got six games here," I, I boy, did I hit bullseye on the worst possible game to watch <laughs> because I think you described it as an absolute shit show um, off the rip, and I. I, boring was another word that that came to mind, especially the first half of the game. It was plotting at best, and I, Toronto looked. You know, I I feel like teams a lot of the times they you know especially on second legs of back to backs like you've kind of got the fatigue thing built in, and I don't, I don't think it's a built in excuse. I do think it's real, but it that's what it felt like for the first half. It felt like it took Toronto thirty minutes to get their legs, which was grim to watch for the first half. Yeah, and. The funny thing is, I, I on the broadcast they said that the Leafs are really good on a second half of back to back. Like they have their legs in a sense because I think to this point now they're five one and one, but they were five zero oh, and one going into this back to back. So that was a tough one. Also, kind of burying the lead, missing Austin Matthews for the second game. Now I know people rag on Matthews or you know rag on him. They always season is not as quite as good as his standard, but that guy creates gravity. And he is a heliocentric player. So without him, everything kind of just seems to be flat. Do you agree? It, not only do I agree, I think the numbers bear itself out. You know, one data point of one, to be to be fair. But if you look at performance at a skater level tonight, some of the guys who struggled the most were guys like Mitch Marner, um, who, and, you know, I, I, I think Austin Matthews is the straw that stirs the drink in Toronto. I think that's obvious. 
Um, but whenever you take a player of that magnitude out of any lineup, it is really hard to paper over that, especially when you're in a disadvantageous scheduling situation like Toronto was. But, you know, not only is his absence felt, especially in the top half of that lineup, and that's, I mean, that's where Toronto's going to win the majority of their games is, their, you know, the top tier forwards. You felt, his, you felt the lack of his presence tonight in a way that, I think to be fair, I don't think you would say for any other Maple Leafs player. And there are some, I mean, Mitch Marner's having a phenomenal season. John Tavares having a great year. But I feel like Toronto can can fling a week, two week, three week stretch without any one of those guys. You lose Aston Matthews. I mean, you're carving out one of the three best players in the world. It's it's a challenge. And um, I, I thought I thought I thought they played slow today, too. They're not a slow team from a skating standpoint. It, it it just felt like as you're watching the game and every pass felt a half second slow and it was kind of yeah. like all right, who's, who is the guy riding shotgun right now? But I, the 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 takeaway for me was you take Austin Matthews out of the top of that lineup uh, and the top of the Toronto lineup uh, in his absence struggled and I would argue you know it, it's always it's always a bit of an issue too when you've got a team on the second leg of a back to back and you're trying to figure out or you know at least it's seen scheduling compression you're trying to figure out. Okay, how much of this is fatigue versus the other team playing well? I, I thought Detroit looked good. I thought they looked fast, and it's it, it's it's always a balancing act, right? Because it's all relative. But I thought the I thought Detroit showed themselves well tonight, and I think they scored like seven goals too. I mean, I think they, they had their stick on every single goal for and against. It felt like they should have honestly scored seven it's, after like without Sammy and that. Yeah, look at he had some fantastic saves, right? And it's, it's such a disappointment seeing that he kind of got like hung out to dry after uh he had a couple bad games earlier on this month, and then today I, I thought he looked pretty good out there. He he really kept us in there up until the last uh that, that the last like two minutes of that, that that third where we just let in two really disappointing goals but um yeah I, I think like they just didn't have anything back there to help him out and i i see that they kind of got a little bit uh going after the sandine goal right um that was like what their first shot on on goal uh in that period and, and finally something went in and uh the power play kind of helped out to get some action going but that does not take away for the first half of the entire game where they looked completely dead out there, right? And I get the yeah. lack of Matthews uh, in the lineup, but come on. I think you, you got to be playing a little bit better than that, right? Let's say yeah. in the playoffs, Matthews goes on a dry spell, right? I know he has a lot, of other, a, lot of, a lot of other great aspects to his game that gets the rest of the team going, but you got to get the, the these other guys um, to pick up the, the slack, right? And, and get something going for us. Yeah, that they and, and his loss or that line's loss or Toronto's even broader loss in the first, especially in the first half of that game where I thought they were they, you know, two seconds too slow to every puck, half second slow on every pass. I, I thought the one group that did show themselves very well tonight was on the other side, Tyler Bertuzzi, Lucas Raymond, Dylan Larkin. Um I like for what a pass by Larkin. Like yeah, what a play. Un unbelievable. That was really Larkin. nice. Larkin was involved. I'm telling you, in every single goal for and against, yeah. it felt like. I uh, but I like, you know, uh, Tyler Pertuzzi gets off the Schneid. I think he had one goal in the last ten games. Um, he played well. Lucas Raymond looked every you know up to top billing, and and quite it, quite frankly, I, let's just be honest. It's very rare. You see it maybe six to eight times a year where a this Maple Leafs team looks slow. Um, you, they have they have plenty of bad games. You've got the you know. Three a month goaltending debacles, two a month <laughs> breakdowns, but very rarely do they look the slower the two teams. Um, and, and I, I thought Detroit played with a lot more pace tonight and a lot more structure, especially that Bruce Raymond Larkin trio. I thought they were a handful, and that, that's yeah. why Detroit got the regulation win. 
Well, the good news is, and I, I always, any, every loss, I like to get a positive. And I think there were a couple. One positive I saw was on Twitter. Uh, you don't hear that a lot. You don't hear that sentence very often. But uh, Emily Kaplan of ESPN was at the game, uh, covering for ESPN. And uh, she reported that Austin Matthews is likely to play on Saturday. Uh, we'll get it. And he's going to need him because they are playing a team that is possessed by the devil in Boston, the Boston Bruins. Like they, there is some kind of dark magic going on with that team because they are absolutely unstoppable. Uh, but also she had mentioned that there's a lingering injury that's been going on all season. So that that's slightly concerning. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that it's going to be, it's going to have something to do with his wrist. I know that was a little bit of a concern um, towards the, what was it, the, the earlier on in the season as well as nagging him a bit. Um, I'm honestly okay with him uh, coming out of the lineup a little bit just to recover because the playoffs are around the corner, right? So it's, it's important that he takes the time, just recover, make sure he's at it, playing at his best uh, come playoff time. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it's... I think I think the the rest of the players that that got put into the situation. I mean, I thought they they stood up pretty well. I mean, like McCann, he made it or McMahon, sorry, um, he had another great game. I thought, and uh, if it wasn't for an unlucky, I was kind gonna of get to that situation. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll talk about that. But if it wasn't for that, I mean, who knows? Maybe this game would have been completely different, right? You get that first goal in like the first minute of the game. The vibes are are positive. Everyone's clicking. Everyone's happy. The you're you're. I mean, McMahon's probably through the roof his his dad was at the building right there they have the father's uh tour right now too right so um yeah just unlucky for him uh and i i, I think it's hilarious that the dads were on that trip because you know every dad went home and was like that game sucked yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah the other thing i would say too is um i wrote i i wrote about this probably a few weeks ago about this possessed boston team that's just blowing the doors off everyone off the ice uh, you know, we were preoccupied with Detroit Toronto. I don't know if you guys saw Seattle took it to him in TD yard and three nothing first. That is that the final? First. Yeah. And that is a, mm-hmm. that is not only the first, uh, regulation loss on home ice for the Bruins this year. Wow. The average, the average Bruins game on home ice this year sees the, sees the Bruins winning by almost two goals. So to lose by three to Seattle, uh, it seems pretty, uh, pretty, uh, pretty emphatic. I, the other thing I'm going to, I am going to pat myself on the back here because I got almost everything wrong this off season. But one thing I did not get wrong in the, uh, and by the way, at the top of the list, I was like, man, I don't know about this Toronto goaltending situation. And they're making me crow <laughs> for the first 40 games, but I like, you know, not to, not to jump subjects all over the place, but what would impress me about Seattle and what they did from a lineup standpoint, what they did this offseason, I mean, they really built depth at the wing position in, in and yeah. at a position that you see a lot of weakness around the rest of the league. And I thought it gave them a real competitive advantage, especially since their center depth isn't super strong. Or sorry, the, the top tier of their centers isn't super strong, but they do have the depth there. So I, you know, that's them going into Boston as being the first team to win isn't isn't totally surprising. They're having a great year. Um, I, Toronto obviously can play with Boston. Austin Matthews in the lineup would certainly help, but. I think to, I think to your point too, right? It's this is literally uh, January twelfth. Usually, when NHL ratings plummet for about three weeks because everyone's either watching the NFL, or NBA, yeah. the gear. This is a great time for for load management and injury rest right now, and in, in prep for the uh, trade deadline sprint. Yeah. Oh, you know, you're not going to get too much uh, too much hatred from the fans because there's not enough fans out there even watching the games, eh? True. <laughs> yeah. The okay. So let's get to that, Bobby McMahon. 
no goal. Because, first of all, I feel just bad for the guy, Bobby McMahon, because, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's 26 years old playing his first stretch of NHL hockey, which is pretty unbelievable. I don't think you – I think I think the odds of that are pretty slim. So he gets his first NHL goal with his dad watching, and then they say, no, you kick the puck, and then it hit – Lucas Raymond, or I believe it was Lucas Raymond, went in the net. But apparently that's no, that's against the rules, and I didn't know that. I get that it's against the rules, but it's like against the... It's not of the spirit of the rules, because the kicking rule is there so that you don't, like, sever a leg. And, you know, the NHL has many, many lawsuits after that. Uh, but, you know, what did you think of that? Did you think that was... They should have let that one slide yeah, there. so three, three thoughts. Number one, I, I don't know what's more... It's more difficult for that to be your first goal or for it to be taken away. And you're like, well, I actually, I would have preferred that to be my first goal. So that's, that's pretty brutal. Number one, number two, I thought the call was correct on the ice as, as unlucky as it was. I mean, the spirit of not just the spirit of what the rule and what they're trying to protect, but also what is expressly stated in the NHL rule book, it actually marries up. But, but third point, I, I was almost almost hysterical watching how quickly every broadcast got that. Here's the clipping of the exact rule, and you can see it right in the language. That's a good call, no goal. Yeah, like, wow. <laughs> where is that everywhere else in every other game when I – and this is something I say all the time. Oh, it's in the rule book. It's written this way, but it's called that way. And it's like that's true for like 95% of the NHL right now. But in this particular instance, we call it by, by the letter of the law. So I thought it was the right call. I, I, I thought it was at least in the, not only – the fact that it's in the rule book is obviously certainly helps, but I, it is also what they are trying to trim out of the game. So I, you know, I, I can appreciate that piece. Kind of a crappy outcome for the player. Yeah, and, for sure. And then, um, you know, and then you know, going by the rule book though, you know, the the refs don't always go by that rule book because <laughs> they, they, that's the point. They never like, do. Oh, I'm ready for or this Michael one. Michael Bunting now has he's marked for death by the by the referees like. They, the referee in the referee oh. locker room, they have a picture of Michael Bunting and a, just a X on it because he has that now Fabry, that. Was that the Fabry play where where he we was got the high stick? Yeah, yeah, yeah what yeah, was, was going place. on with there that? Was <laughs> they they literally just saw the play happen, saw the high stick, and they're just like, nope, I'm just gonna turn the way uh, the other way and assume that nothing total happened. Mess. Total mess. Bunting needs to be go through a table like a, a table on fire, like Mick Foley in the WWE. Which is WWE, <laughs> yeah, to get a call from the rest of this point. He has the Kadri mark of Kadri on him right now. <laughs> I these it, it's it's kind of funny when you watch these players once they establish themselves as really high end um if they are a high end penalty drawer which Michael Bunning is probably the third or fourth best in the NHL yeah. at this point mm-hmm. um you know you got Nazem Kadri is probably the top of the list um Gabe Velarde's yeah. having Gabe Velarde's got like 20 penalties drawn to one taken but he's a great example so if you are a high end skill uh, player when it comes to drawing penalties, but you play physical. That's the other differentiator, like Kadri and like Bunting. That means you also get a excess amount of penalties taken because the refs got to balance that out quite a bit. And if you watch, it, it was it's the classic Nazem Kadri. Like I would watch a bit, 
yeah, he was first in penalty drawn and six in penalties taken for a differential of one. And it was like, that's the way. Bunt- and then, by the way, if you look at Michael Bunting this year, I think he's what, net four, net five in penalties. He's exactly, great, he's like a five. He's, right he's now. taking a ton. <laughs> the, the refs, the, I, I feel that like NHL refs, like their mandate is like traffic cops. You know, like you ever hear the rumor about traffic cops at the end of every month? They, it's like, ah, oh, man, I only have X amount of tickets I've given. Got to get somebody for a 61-60. Is that a rumor? <laughs> That's Apparently, it's true, I'm guessing. I'm, I'm 100% sure. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not a police let's officer. Start that, let's start that. Let's let's take that from conspiracy to fact on this on this hit right You heard here. it here first. Out the Twitter. You heard it here first. I broke some news. This is going to be some... I, I got to be on, like... I have to be on CBC Marketplace. I got to be some, some serious, hard-hitting journalism right now, okay? <laughs> Man. Yeah, and... Yeah, I mean, I, I, all in all, I, I just saw somebody in the chat here, uh, Jeremiah Dobo, uh, calling this out. Rightfully so. New Jersey literally had their call gold back, had a goal called back against the Leafs earlier in the season for the exact same reason. Yeah. Leafs, no Leafs fans complaining then. You're right. But we are fans, so we are biased. Okay. Exactly. So that's just, we know who we are. We're self aware. I think that was <laughs> even worse for New Jersey because that was like the third goal that the got called one. back or something. <laughs> yeah. But, but isn't that isn't that the point though? Like, we, that, I think that's the point, right? Like, there's so much inconsistency. So when yeah. the rule book decided, how the rule book is applied, how many different penalties or rules or infractions, whatever the case is, how many of them have such nebulous or ambiguous interpretation? That's the problem. A lot of this stuff creeps, and I, I I've said it jokingly in the past, but I do mean it. The NHL rulebook needs an actual rewrite to get a lot closer to how the game is actually called, right? And I I, I take the point that there's always I don't think you're ever going to get game management out of this out of the NHL, not anytime soon. And that's and officials are every bit a part of that. But I I, I would love I, I and I tell people this all the time, especially people getting new into hockey. I'm like, please before you do, please just spend an hour. I'm going to bore you to death, but just read the NHL rulebook. And then come back to it a year later when you're deep, you know, and you know this sport, and you're like, "What is this? Is this book written about a different league? Because it, 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 it's not applicable <laughs> nine times out of ten. And it's that's the part that frustrates me because if you if you had consistency in the rule book, you'd have consistency in application, and you'd get a lot more outcrying or you know, oh, that was this way in that game, but that way in the other game. I mean, it happens. It's on a nightly basis in the NHL right now. You think that's bad enough? I mean, come playoff time, it's a completely different game as well, right? Oh my god, right? They're like, Oh, yeah, we want this game flow, so we're gonna stop calling penalties. And it's like, Oh, yeah, where is that in the NHL rule book, chapter seven? Like, Oh, yep, here's yeah. a new rule book because it's playoff time. It, it's just it, a lot of that's gladiator yeah. rules, that's what it says. It's like, it's at the back <laughs> that is book. right. In my Mount Rushmore of like the things that bother Travios about the NHL, that yeah. I, I'm not saying it's Lincoln or Washington because that's probably the playoff format. But it could be Teddy Roosevelt. That it could be Teddy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you see it in other sports. You see it namely in basketball. I reference basketball a lot. I watch a lot of basketball, especially in the playoffs. But it's not quite as egregious because what the NBA realizes is that you know the score, the stars, and you know the the stars and the scoring kind of drive kind of drive the revenue of the league it's kind of what the bread and butter is and in the nhl you, you like not always but you're kind of neutering your own product when you have these you know clutching and grabbing and where you can just slash guys with impunity and rough guys with impunity and you know in the high at the highest stage you want to see the best players come through in the clutch and it, it makes it a lot harder for that to happen right well i'll, I'll give you a, an argument in support of that 
I didn't mean to make this an officiating bash fest, but now I will. Uh, <laughs> you know, hey, we love shit on the refs because I, I do think it's an interesting topic. Go, go allowed, disallowed here. Like it's mood at this point. I, I don't think Toronto was a better team, so whatever. No, no, they, they deserve um, to be lose seven one. Let's do it. Let's, right. let's say right mm-hmm. now. Right, but um, if you if you think about the four major sports leagues, you invoke the NBA. I, I think in terms of like. And this is this is data point of one, my completely anecdotal, but I, I would argue that the NBA and most of Major League Baseball, where the rules are very binary and can be applied easily, you get way less public grief from fan base, from coaches, from teams. Now, baseball, I caveat because balls and strikes are are always, always hotly contested because, it's, again, yes. there's human error involved in it. The NFL is a lot more closer, in my opinion, the NFL is a lot closer to the NHL where you've got a set of rules, but then, you know, in the NFL, it's like lever up, lever down. How many flags do we really want to throw? Yeah. The NHL has that plus ambiguity in application. So I, that that's why, like, if you stack the four major sports leagues, I think NHL has got it the worst by far. Some of that lends itself to the pace of the sport. So I am sympathetic to that front that, that you know, you're not going to have the same hit rate that you would in the NHL with calls versus major league baseball X balls and strikes. I, th- those are not, that's not a fair comparison, but it, let's be honest. It's four of four in North America. Yeah. It's- yeah. And so, and then another, and to go by another of what grinds Travis Yost's gears and all hockey fans gears, the playoff format. Now I saw you tweet about that and I retweeted mm-hmm. it. It's, it's worse on, on it's the worst on so many levels. One being it's a complete like we know the playoff we know the playoff matchup right now in January. You're not supposed to. Like, funny enough, if you actually look at the conference, um, you know, one to eight in the Eastern Conference, the Leafs would still be playing Tampa Bay at this very juncture. However, from two to about six, when I checked, there's like a variance of about like three points. So you could have like no, sorry, three to like seven. Right, I meant sorry. You could have New Jersey, you could have the Capitals, you could have the Pens. They're all. If you had it one to eight, you wouldn't know who the least. The least you wouldn't know who the least would be playing until the end of the end of April or the end of March, right? So, and the second one is it's so freaking complicated. Like I have to review it. I watch the sport. I have to review it every season. It's like wait, wait, wait. There's two wild cards, but the wild cards play the top of the division. But who do they play? What division? And I'm just like. I look like that meme with the guy with the with the lady with all the math equations, the math behind it. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I I got to be honest. I part of me, I'm a little worried that if I write one more this playoff format sucks piece, and here's why, and here's the math why, that TSN is gonna be like, hey man, that's that's it's been a good run here, but we. I write it. I had to go back and look while you were talking because I was like, man, I, I swear I've been writing this since 2014, 2015. I started TSN September 2014, and I think by that year I was already saying, look, this format doesn't work. And by the way, so like everything you said is true. It's confusing. Like the, the NHL's obsession with divisions is so bizarre. I don't understand it. It's I, geography. I really, mm-hmm. I, I, really I really wish – and I, I mean this from a good place. Like I wish the NHL could explain – why they feel so strongly that divisions drive whatever they think it drives. Clearly it's revenue, right? Like clearly they think it puts eyes on TVs. It drives up ticket prices that you've got these geographic rivals. So they must play five times a year. Ten t- First off, that's not even the case. Second off, the biggest issue I have with the playoff format by a country mile after all the nonsense that you talked about and I've talked about already. Yeah. The two, the force two versus three 
intra-division playoff matchup. Horrible. Like, it's the dumbest thing on earth. I it's hate the it. dumbest thing on earth because as it soon is. as you have a talent imbalance between two divisions, you are guaranteeing to host one team. You're, in the likely case, you're going to host two teams to reward yep. two teams that likely don't deserve it. And I went back and looked while you were, while you were reading this. We, every single year, every single year, you oh had a situation where a team played another team where if you realign the conferences, they would have played a team three or four seeds removed from that it's just, based on fair points that amassed. I, mm-hmm. I don't get it. Like, I'm... I, I don't know when I rant about this. Like as Leaf fans, if we rant about this, it's automatically sour grapes. Like, well, you just can't beat the better teams. I don't care if the Leafs, if the Leafs lost to Tampa Bay in the second or third round. I don't think people will be mad because that's they were the better team. Like that's objectively the case because that's how it bared out. But the fact that it happened in the first round after the Leafs had a record-setting season, right? You know. At that point, just the regular season now means nothing because it, it really, it means it really doesn't. Why it are really you? Doesn't. Who are and you? I go who's back. Rewarded? I remember this. This has happened a few times. So Toronto's in a seat that it's the worst, and Tampa's in a seat that's the worst. Um, but they yeah. are in seats that have been filled in previous years. If I remember 2015, 2016, so this is about seven years back. Right. St. Louis and Chicago played in the first round in the West, and I think St. Louis had. 107, 108 points. Chicago had about 103-ish. Every other wild card team finished with like mid-90s or lower in point totals. And every other team that either won the division or finished in one of those top three slots and effectively had home ice. Um, I think I think everyone except Dallas that year did not finish ahead of St. Louis. So said differently, you had like the two seed versus the four seed in the first round. I, I think that's actually how it broke out exactly. Which it's like... How is this a reward for St. Louis? How is this a reward for Chicago? Chicago should be playing a team way worse. St. Louis should be playing a team way worse. They played each other in the first round, and that will continue to happen every single year. And then I hear, oh, well, there's a schedule imbalance. I, I, I've went rounds on this, too. I, I could spend an hour on this. <laughs> it's just because it's it's, it defies logic in so many ways because mm-hmm. – it defies logic in so many ways that it actually hurts the business that it's doing it. Like, if there was some, like, you know, nefarious reason why, there's no benefit to anybody. That's exactly. the funny thing. <laughs> it's, but have you considered, Travis, that Gary Bettman has done polls and that we're all wrong? <laughs> I, I, just, I, I really like, Who's he polling, though? <laughs> if, someone said, if, someone said, if someone said, Travis, I'm giving you carte blanche to ask one question that will get answered at the NHL. And now I'm a jackass on most days, so I would probably use it for like cynical reasons. But <laughs> and serious, if I was seriously um, inquiring, the single question I would ask is: Please explain this obsession with divisions with me. Like in 2022, I don't, I, I, I fundamentally do not understand it. And be, it's not just that the divisions exist; it's all of the branches from that tree that it creates. We have to have a divisional-based playoff format. They're mm-hmm. talking about what was it two weeks ago? We've got to get more games between rivals. And it's like some of the best you, – you mentioned the NBA earlier. Some of the best rivalries are organically grown through competition, not because you're down the yeah. street. Toronto yeah. and Buffalo haven't had a meaningful rivalry in 10 years. Ottawa, <laughs> 20 years. Right? Ottawa, even better. Montreal, forever, because Montreal feeds us our lunch all the time. I'll, I'll admit that. But um, you know what yeah. Aaron Bettman will say to you if, when you ask that question is, um, you're trying to fix a problem that does not exist. 
<laughs> and it's not even like this is just an issue like <laughs> in the playoffs itself right you saw last year where, where toronto took tampa to seven games right and then the next series that tampa plays against florida they they sweep them in four right like this this can't be good for for viewership either because if you had the seven game series this back and forth tight like playoff like series later on in the rounds you're gonna get higher viewership you're gonna get more people people interested and they're gonna stick around for the rest of the playoffs right you go from a a seven game series to a complete sweep you're killing all the hype because now they have to wait for the other the other teams to, to catch up the the carolina and rangers games those went to seven as well like it just kills the hype i don't understand what they're doing I may be making this may be a bit of an assumption, but at least based on what I've read and the interactions I've had, I think it's fair to say that a minority opinion is that the current playoff format is good and more more people than not want to see some semblance of a change. Um, And usually that means broadening it out and getting rid of the division, the force division stuff, which, okay, I think the more interesting debate becomes, can you ever get to a point scheduling wise um, and logistics wise, because this is I, this is where I do see a pressing in. Could you ever get to a point where you have a true one versus sixteen situation where you have yeah. a crossover to start, or is the most logical midpoint rolling back to one eight one eight, and even maybe you even strike divisional winners? I, even even when they had divisional winners get the top three seeds, I was like, fine, okay, give them a reward for winning the division, even if the third be- you know the third overall yeah. team in the conference is fifth best, whatever. I think that's an at some point you have to live with an inefficiency. And we already are, like to the extent you agree with conferences, you're living with one. But like you know, me who's a purist when it comes to like competitive balance, I would love to get to a point where it's one versus sixteen. But I I I what do you guys yeah. think? The, think the, the human different. aspect. I mean, for me, like, as just pure sports fan watching on my couch, not getting up and actually going to these cities, of course, I would love that in every single sport. But knowing there's a human aspect, like, if you had Toronto-San Jose as a second, as a first-round series, just pulling right. out of my, right. my rear end, uh, if they had that, like, these players would be absolutely destroyed bodily-wise by the end. Like, imagine if Toronto went through a whole playoff run playing all West teams, right? So. You know, it, it would cause its whole other inefficiency. I but think the Let me push back work. on that point. Let me push back on that one point because I and by the way, I'm, this is actually devil's devil's advocate because sure. I, I I agree with you in this case. However, like we just had Calgary play Dallas in the first round, right? That's that's a three hour forty minute block into block out flight. Like that's that, pretty far. You're, you're, that's that's a pretty long flight, and that's you're gonna get that. You're gonna get that. Not just in past years, you're gonna get that going on a go forward basis, and that's within the same conference, right? So. My question is this: Where where do you is 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 it four hours or five hours? Where does that line in the sand go? Because I no one would argue with the fact that if you're if you have four you know transcon series where you're you know Boston San Jose Boston Anaheim Boston LA that'd be brutal right like I, I think that's obvious but is is could can can you reimagine the schedule? Can you rebuild the series? Could you ever get to a point where it's realistic, especially now when flying's a lot easier than it was 30, 40 years ago? Yeah, they're not, they're, they're not they're not like they're not like hitchhiking like the like the players did. I don't know if they, <laughs> and the NBA players did like sure. in the sixties, like they'd have to connect sure. their lights and they'd like hitchhike like Bill Russell and and Bob Cousy would do that. And I'm like, I do, like, I do realize, I do realize though, having said this, me telling is saying, um, oh yeah, it's never been better to fly. This comes literally, what is it, uh, 24, 48 hours after US and Canadian airspace got shut oh, down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, it's never been better to fly until 20 Words right back in my mouth. <laughs> until 2019. Now it's like the 
that it was the golden age. Now it's the bronze age. Now it's come back to the bronze age, but um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, you, all the points are correct. I would just caution you because, you know, Gary Bettman might make a call to TSN and be like this Travis guy. I don't know. <laughs> are you guys dying to watch this memorable Florida Montreal? Like, that's the other thing that kills me. It's like, Oh, we got these divisions cause they're regional rivals. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure they are. Yes. Tampa Bay and Montreal have a ferocious rivalry. Like it's it, this stuff. This stuff's not even true. And so, what? What? I, I guess the part that I'm like, okay, like there is a likelihood I'm missing something significant, and that their margins are extraordinary in these situations. Like I have to, I have to offer that up. I just, is it worth? Even if assuming that was true, is it worth the cost of what you pay back in the playoffs in terms of this these ridiculous matchups? And I, I, yeah. I don't know. Where, where do you guys – one other thing I wanted to ask you guys, where do you guys sit on the first-round series with Tampa? Nervous or uh, – Well, I th- I'm excited for that. I think it's – like you, you're if you're planning on winning the, the entire thing, you're going to have to face off against yeah. Boston. You're going to have to face off against Tampa eventually, um, especially after the way that last year went. Just give give them the ringer. Like, just go at it, try it, and, and just, just – Face your demons, right? It honestly, I, I think yesterday we had a uh, yesterday we talked about it as well. But um, uh, what would be even better? Just play off against Boston, kill the demons there. I don't care. You gotta make you got you're gonna play against two of the best teams in the league. Like you're take take it. It doesn't matter who who you play against. Just if you want to win, I hope you got. Go I hope it. you got a screen cap. I hope you got a screen cap of him asking for Boston in the first round. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. He guaranteed a win. Um, where I, where I sit on that is obviously it's just like, well, it's, it's an inevitable, right? So that's, that's just where it is. It's like, okay, this is what we're going to get. Now I will say two things in our favor. One being now I will not count out Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is in that, is in that Tom Brady (laughs) Patriots kind of sphere of you cannot count them out. They just have so much longevity, but what what has it been? It's been three straight runs to the final. Like they played like three seasons in a year and a half, right? At some point, you have to think that they're going to be off their game, that they, that the gas is going to run out of the tank. Now, maybe not, but, you know, could you catch them slipping? Perhaps with a younger, more well-rested, obviously, in the springtime, Leafs. Secondly, I do think... I think that's a good point, though. I, yeah. I, I really do. Because I think the age component, like, I, I and, I, and I'll, I'll make this about Toronto, too, in, in the same breath. But I think the age component is a good one because Father Time will come. I don't, it, Father Time eventually came knocking for Tom Brady, even at 45, right? And I was I was almost at the point where I was like, okay, the guy's physically not human, not human right? Like, this, this no longer makes any sense. Everything I know about sports and aging no longer exists. Genetically well, modified. Year, right? It came this year, and it is what it is. And I, I guess I guess the interesting thing with Boston is, even though it's not impacting them today, that means very little for tomorrow. And everything we know about aging is that it has never lost, right? And whether that's, whether that affects itself in three months, through just fatiguing out, it doesn't even necessarily need to be. Oh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, uh, you know, I'm a weaker player. Uh, I'm a weaker forward. Um, you've got, you know, Marshawn came off a major injury. Both him and Bergeron are pressing the upper limits. Uh, in, oh yeah, know, into their late thirties here, and they're still unbelievably elite players. But it just takes one injury to set them back. It's a, and and that to me is a genuine weakness. It's the same reason why, like, 
you know, I'll, I'll go on Toronto radio or I'll do something, you know, something in Montreal maybe. And I'll, I'll catch flack sometimes because I'm very bullish on the Maple Leafs with one exception, but I, I you know, I, I believe in their blue line wholeheartedly. I think they, I think they probably still today That's have the most underrated blue line in the league. I, I really mean that. And I think they don't have a ton of depth at the forward position, but their top six is so good. Like you just need them to be average. I, whether I'm a skeptic or a hater or somewhere in between, like I don't have I don't I still don't have any confidence in Matt Murray. Ilya Samsonov has made me really? it twice over. Like he just has. Like he's been phenomenal this year. Mm-hmm. But I think like to the extent that you you acknowledge Boston has a genuine risk, even if they look flawless today. But I would also say that about Toronto, right? Like Toronto's goaltending is held up very well. It's actually one of the reasons they're doing so well in the standings. Yeah. But if I were to bet against one thing with real money. Uh, happening to Toronto, I would not bet against the defense or a massive scoring slump that last two months. I'd bet against the goaltending, right? Like that's, and that I think goes to your point. Yeah, that's, that's the house of cards, I think, because, you know, Matt Murray and Samsonov have been better than any Leaf could have ever, Leaf fan could have ever imagined. Now, to me, Murray, I I mean, I have more confidence going into Tampa than I did last season with Jack Campbell and Peter Mrazek, I think, Eric Shelgren, rather. But uh, that's that doesn't even have to be said. But uh, with Murray, you don't believe at all in the pedigree of you know what he's done in the playoffs. Like I feel like this is a guy who's not going to wilt under pressure. Mm, I, so it, the two things about Murray are number one. First off, I think any goalie who makes it to the NHL and is playing oh. more than like a cup of coffee. I think any goalie can execute under pressure because to even get to that point, you have to be able to thrive in incredible high-pressure situations. However, we're talking about probabilities, right? The two issues with Murray, number one, he is prone to give up bad goals when he does give up goals. And it's kind of like – that doesn't necessarily make you a bad goalie at all, right? Marc-Andre Fleury has kind of made a career out of being a good goalie that gives up horrific-looking goals, and you're like – you start asking questions. Um, that's number one. Number two, Matt Murray has not been super durable from a health standpoint. Of course. And yeah. I think when you concatenate those two, number one, you know, if if he's playing well, he's going to keep getting starts. I don't see them rotating, especially if they're winning. Coaches are very reticent to do that in the postseason, even when they have real platoons. The, the other thing is, like, how many games where – can Murray – how many more games does Murray play this season? Do they try and keep him fresh-ish? Do they have any concerns with that? I, I just he he's his performance in the first few seasons, it really post that great Pittsburgh season in eighteen or nineteen, um, has been extremely volatile too. Like one of the things that probably the thing I like the most that I wrote this summer was about, uh, I, you know, finding a unicorn goalie like a Connor Hellebuck is extremely hard, and like where most teams should really try, um, and it's still a bit of a science, right? It's a lot of science is focus on the goalie who year over year is reliable in terms of performance, you're going to have skew in that numbers. But And I'll never forget it. The goalie right at the top of the list was Darcy Kemper, which makes a lot of sense, right? Go find a bad Darcy Kemper season. He's he's never been a top one or top two goalie necessarily, but he's always been good to very good. And to me, that's a huge advantage. Like the the whole Matt Murray experience, and it's it's not picking on Matt Murray. There are a lot of goalies in this bucket. When you play a guy like that, even like I'll ask you, like game one in Tampa Bay, you put Matt Murray out there, 
no one is telling me that if you're a Maple Leafs fan, you're not watching like this for the first period, right? And you're doing oh, that. I watch every play for a reason, that. right? Let's be, and, let's and be real. And he's been great this year, to your point, right? But, <laughs> but you're still going to be like, uh, I'm not sure how this is going to go. Oh. And that, that, to me, speaks to the volatility in his game. And what I like about other goalies is predictability and reliability. And, you know, it, you're not, you're not going to give me these horrific losses where my team has no chance of bailing you out. Yeah. Well, first of all, they're going to be playing in Toronto. Okay, let's just let's just be honest here. No, I mean, what are, I, I wonder what to your point. Let's see what the math is on that right now. That's interesting. I, I, I actually don't know. I, I think they're about like six points up. They're they're uh, they're five points up right now, but they have. Ooh. Yeah, they're games in hand. Six points. No, yeah, sorry, Toronto's, six games Toronto's with six three, up, three three games yeah, in hand. Three three negative. So. Yeah. Oh, it's not. It's pretty close. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's it is I, close. They're about a week. My favorite. Toronto's a slight bear right now. Fifty. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna book it at fifty-one and a half percent. Yeah. Hey, we're also playing far, Boston uh, twice as well. Um, yeah, there's, we're playing Boston two more times, fun. right? And this, uh, the, I think so. I mean, what's Saturday season? for sure? We're playing. Yeah, yeah. And then there's one be an interesting too. one. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be tough. I'm so interested to see how they come out for that game because, you know, sometimes you know. The team has a sense of doing what do pretty much doing the George Costanza the opposite. Like they'll they'll be amazing against <laughs> really great teams and just terrible against bad teams or middling teams like we've they seen got, tonight. They got Boston three more times. Three more times. So yeah. okay, there you go. Are we betting on the Leafs uh, rising to the occasion as they tend to do? <laughs> because you know we've seen them against St. Louis. We saw them against Detroit tonight. You know we've seen them against. The Arizona Coyotes twice. Oh my goodness! Like three points, that free, just free points. Give you the points, they threw them away. But uh, it's that's going to be an interesting game. I I have no idea where that way that one's going to go. Yeah, hopefully but, uh, Matthews is in for that. It's up. I don't think yeah. we're going to see Brody in there uh, that soon. They lose that game. They lose that game. They're five out of their last eight or losses. Right. That's got to be that's. Uh, they, I think they had a, yeah, they had a four game losing streak early in the I year. I was about to like, that slump. Worst. Yeah, that's yeah. officially yeah. a slump. That's a slump. That's slump territory there. So very interesting indeed. Now, one more headline. The lead uh it looks like Toronto, after 24 years, will be getting the NHL All-Star game festivities. Now, mm-hmm. not gonna lie, I don't really watch the NHL All-Star festivities. I, I just don't think it's, it's probably not for me. I'm probably not a target audience. But. I think it was so good a couple of years back, but they they completely messed it up. Where uh, do you remember that think... that year where yeah. um uh, where they had the whole draft and like Ov got sl- tried to get selected last to get that car and everything? That was fire. I love that shit. And then they got rid of that and uh you can't, it seems like they have personality the in the game. That is just verbose. exactly okay. just not allowed to have fun. How fun is it, like seeing LeBron and and Giannis or LeBron and uh, KD uh, pick Picking their drafts? Teams. Exactly, it's so much fun. I don't know why they suck the fun out of them. Come uh, on! Do you remember Kessel? they left Harden for the last pick? Do you remember? <laughs> yeah, James Harden's the last pick. It was like one of the best moments in TV. And LeBron covering his head. And <laughs> it's just it's it's it humanizes the players. I mean, that's what fans fans clamor for this, and they just don't want to give it to you. But yeah, I mean, to be honest, I was around. I I worked. For the NBA All-Star Weekend, and it was massive. I mean, NBA All-Star Weekend is a completely different beast. That's like the Grammys, in a sense, and the Oscars all together. But uh, it's, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's, uh, hopefully, the STPN will be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You, need me to, you need me to put a call into Steve right now and let him tell him, tell him to cut the check? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, you know what? 
whoever you got to call, call. I, I know I know you're in with the league office. You know, I I know you're you're, you're good pals with those guys. So I only get hey. calls when they're mad at me and when I need you. something is dial tone. Hey, yeah, Travis, the playoff, playoff format is fun. <laughs> yeah. stop writing about it. I, I don't think they're going to be. I was laughing when you said. I, I was laughing. I was laughing when he said maybe the skills <laughs> skills events aren't real. I'm not the target audience. I'm like, we were sitting here debating the merits of a one versus sixteen playoff schedule. I don't think we're the target <laughs> audience for the skill game. No. <laughs> anyway, Travis, before we let you go, I know that you're a big NFL fan, so I need to hear your predictions for Wild Card Weekend and ultimately your predictions for the Super Bowl. Well. Here's I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a bold prediction. When Ooh. Buffalo obliterates Miami Sunday, <laughs> just not even fair. Simulate that the game. First thing I will do is go upstairs, go on SeatGeek, and find tickets to their game against the Bengals because two reasons. Number one, I've been to a bunch of Bills games. I have yet I've yet to go to a home Bills game. Number oh, two, they're I great. Them, they are great. I think them in Cincinnati. Um, it doesn't sound like Lamar Jackson's going to play. Like, pretty brutal, yeah. actually, for the NFL. They're going to have two awful, very likely to be awful games. Maybe we yeah. see an upset of sorts. But um, I think Buffalo and Cincinnati Cruz, um, I I, I kind of like that everyone's, you know, all the numbers guys hate the hate the Vikings, and I, I did all year, too. Yeah. But the Giants suck, too. Like, that's kind of the other weird thing. That be a fun the Vikings one, yeah. actually got a pretty favorable draw. So I think I don't know. I don't know if you want to call it an upset relative to a given betting line, but I, I think so much sentiment, so much anti-Viking sentiment. I don't. I think Minnesota wins. Um, Super Bowl pick. Um, I I feel like I would be banned from Buffalo if I didn't pick Buffalo. So I'm going to pick Buffalo. <laughs> yes. Um, and I, hey. I. It is in line. It is in line with my preseason pick. Um, so it was Buffalo San Francisco when I thought San Francisco was like four quarterbacks ago. I think they was. Oh yeah, we're gonna try this <laughs> Trey Lance kid. And then oh. it was like three quarterbacks later. Uh, the pick is still looking decent, but they've got a rookie seventh. The last pick of the state. draft. So I mean, though, that those last picks in the draft. And there is one guy that, you know, did pretty well for himself named Tom Brady, but uh, I would be pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty good. They, um, they, the, the other thing that I was, that I was thinking about too, on that was, I was going to ask you guys, since you were talking about playoff order, what do you guys think about the seven playoff team? Is it, is it one, do you like it? And two, I, I feel weird about the one, like, I, I know the DeMar Hamlin thing was awful and a once in a you know generational event that, that the NFL wouldn't even stop a game, but isn't it weird that only one team gets a bye? It's such a massive advantage. Yeah. Massive advantage. Oh, especially in football. Oh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, one team. I, I, you know what? They, I mean, they wanted to add that. The, the NFL, you know, they they just like to add. They're just like we're gonna have week seven, eighteen now. It's the random wrinkle. The random Everybody wrinkle like is like <laughs> massively important yeah. for a team's likelihood of winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's 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 a sport that is incomparable to any sport and for so many reasons and that's why it like the playoffs and the super bowl are what they are they are just absolute spectacles every game is a complete spectacle but uh let's hope that the leafs put on a spectacle of their own against the boston bruins Mm -hmm. and uh continue to rise on the standings only to hit the glass ceiling that is the boston bruins because (laughs) we are leaf fans and all we know is pain and suffering. But anyway, everybody, we're game over Toronto. My name is Fuad Suleiman. You can follow me on Twitter at Fuad underscore sports. On TikTok at Fuad Suleiman. Sometimes I make impressions and sometimes they're good. But, you know, hey. Hey, shout uh, out to the 
what was it the uh dj, DJ Khaled. Khaled? yeah there you, go. Like there you that. go that was pretty good they, that was pretty good they don't believe in the league pretty good it's pretty don't, good they don't believe in us oh god <laughs> the looks too hey just go full character even us anyway <laughs> plug yourselves <laughs> yeah um my name is harnish and you can follow me on uh harnish underscore patel 98 on uh on twitter and uh travis take it away where can you find everybody Peace out. Follow me on Twitter. Sometimes I say some dumb shit. Sometimes it's, it makes sense, but it's all fire. Follow me on Twitter. It's mostly TSN.ca. TSN.ca. Read my stuff twice a week, Tuesday, Thursday. All right. There you go. That's going to do it here from us. Have a great night. Game over. Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook.